The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shatter, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Everything's got to be about the future. It's got to be about tomorrow and bringing all that into focus as we, you know, attack the season. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. And welcome in. It's Wednesday, week two. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier here in Jacksonville. Bucky Brooks is in Los Angeles, California. We've got a busy show. Week two, the Colts coming to town. They haven't won here since 2014. The Jaguars have owned them in this stadium. We'll see if they can continue that trend. Uh, Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence spoke earlier today. The locker room uh, open still at the moment. We had to run out of there to come in here. And we've got a couple social media questions as well. Busy show, John. What's Busy up? Show. Busy you know, show. you used to work for the Colts. I don't know if you were reminded of the Colts. And, and as an aside, when I worked for the Colts, you know what time the plane left? No. Whenever Peyton showed up. Okay. And I feel like that's how it is today with Bucky Brooks. Yeah. Hey, Bucky. <laughs> what's up? So we're going to start calling <laughs> him P Money, is what they called Peyton there. Wow. So it's B Money. Be okay, money. I'm okay with that. I'm all right, you know. <laughs> We're glad you're here, Bucky. What's up? How you doing? Man, life is good. Life is good, JP. Um, looking forward to this weekend. Looking forward to seeing everybody at the bank. Looking forward to seeing the Colts come to town. See if we can give them, what is it, loss number eight in a row. So let's let's see if we can do it. Yeah, defend uh, the home turf. Let's hear from the head coach. Uh, final thought, really, on last week's loss to the Washington Commanders. The sting of that loss is still there, and uh, Coach Peterson said it should be. They should all sting, and you know, I, 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 you know, you've heard the phrase, you should hate losing more than you like to win, and you know, um, especially when it's self-inflicted. You know, I, I can handle a loss if we get beat, right? I mean, both both good games, you know, it's better good games back and forth comes down to the end, you get beat, right? But when, when you, you make the mistakes that we did, the amount of mistakes on, on both sides of the ball, it just it's harder. It's harder to stomach and, and uh, but you know, listen, it's it's week one. We got we got a we got a young football team that's eager to get back out on the practice field and, and uh, you know, correct a lot of those mistakes. Yeah, and that's the thing. Just coming out of the locker room, John, you were in there with me and just talking to some of the guys today. There there have been instances in this place in the last decade where you go in the Wednesday after a week one or early season loss, you shouldn't have lost. And there's a little panic that sets in. There's a little bit of that. Uh, I didn't sense much of that, if any of that today from this team. Yeah. I thought, you know, and again, we've all lingered a little longer on that first loss than usual. And I I was sort of trying to figure out why. And I think a big reason is it feels different because they feel like they let one get away. Uh, you know, in the past, there was an undercurrent when you talk to the players and you, you know, of if they got close in a game, they got close and they, and they maybe missed their one chance to win that month. I mean, they, and they never said it, but that's how it felt. This doesn't feel that way. This feels like a, a, a decent team that let one get away, and they know in the NFL you can't do that. It, it, I keep going back. It felt more normal, and I know – Bucky, it's Wednesday. It's look ahead Wednesday. Time to move on. But I think maybe that's why the sting of that one has sort of lingered a little bit, Bucky. Yeah, no, I, th- I think they, they knew to let one get away. Um, I, I 
felt like they were in control of the game in the fourth quarter. They let the ball fly over the head, uh, gave us some plays. And I think it's, it's one of those things where the team has to kind of learn how to win and how to finish these games off. I think the great thing about Doug and his personality is he's just so even killed and cool about it all. And I think he understands that this is a process that you have to kind of go through some of these tough losses to eventually get to the other side. And at some point, this team is going to turn the corner. The team is too talented. The team is too well-connected for it not to happen. It's just a matter of when does it all come together. And so they're close, and we'll just kind of see if they can start putting it together this week. Trevor Lawrence and the offense had some early red zone opportunities last week. They let a lot of those slip away. They came away with only a field goal in the first half and three red zone possessions and struggled to find those points. They got them back later in the game and, of course, rallied to, to have the lead. And, Bucky, I think we were talking about it on the postgame radio on Sunday night. You know, there were guys open. I mean, obviously, Travis Etienne is in the end zone open in one of those situations, but throughout the game. That was a good sign for this offense that you had wide receivers that were open in this offense. Yeah, no, I think that was big. I think it was big that uh, you had plenty of playmakers touch the ball. You had Christian Kirk have over 100 yards. Uh, you saw Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, all those guys have opportunities to make plays, and they made them. The big thing is understanding how things change down in the red zone. I think really it's for Trevor more than anybody else. In the red zone, tighter space so things happen quicker. So you have to be a little more precise. Your anticipation has to be on point because the windows are just so tight. And so as he continues to see it, as he continues to have more of those opportunities in the red zone, you just kind of hope that it comes together because this offense has a lot of potential. Uh, I think we got a chance to see that. I guess what I think was a pretty solid defensive team, uh, it's just a matter of taking care of the little things and cleaning up those details. They do that, you'll see this team score a ton of points. Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm unconcerned about the red zone stuff, JP, but I'm getting questions this week, and I get it's the NFL, so you react to one thing, and, and it's. But I'm getting questions like um, Trevor Lawrence has major issues in the red zone, and it it makes it sound like it's been going on since like the '60s, you know. <laughs> and and it, it's one game. He can't miss the throw to ETN. I get that. But he's not the first quarterback ever to miss that throw, even an easy one. Uh, I guess I've been doing this long enough. Let's at least see it twice before we call it a, a, a career-defining trend. Uh, because <laughs> I think that's where we are with it. I think we're way over the top in terms of, well, he's not good in the red zone. Well, nobody in this team was any good at anything last year. Yeah, so let's true. not really say yeah. that this is a trend. Well, statistically he wasn't, but you're right. right. Everything else was so askew. Yeah. You could, you can't really compare. So, you know, I'm not saying it's some, it's something to watch and it's something to improve. I don't think we know yet that he's just not good in that situation. I, I, I just think you need to let it play out for at least a week. At least two weeks. A couple weeks. So, yeah. I, you know, maybe that's just me. I'm such a wide-eyed optimist, Bucky, that you know, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, maybe I just think it's going to get better. Uh, it will get better. It'll get better in time. He throws the ball too, too well for it not to get better. I think a lot of this is young, young quarterback growing pains. And a lot of the quarterbacks, the overwhelming majority of quarterbacks have to go through this process. Sometimes they go at different stages of their development, but for Trevor Lawrence, remember, first year in this system, first time he's really had uh, a system in which all the messaging from the coaches 
consistent and all the same. And to try to take advantage of what he's able to do really well and put it together. I think as Doug continues to get more familiar with Trevor Lawrence, uh, Press and Mike McCoy, those guys will eventually put together game plans that really fit his skill set. We already seen he's vastly improved from a season ago. It's just the eagerness. We want him to be great right now. And it takes time. Yeah, I, uh, I'm getting killed this week in the Ozone for grading him on a curve. I mean, it's, oh, they're supposed to win now. And I see both sides of it. I, I, you know, I get the fans want him to win now, but there is also part of our job is to analyze what's going on for the long term for this team. Um, I guess I've seen this team be last, second to last in offense, have some horrible offense. Um, They went three of five in the red zone the other day. Had 383 yards. They're 13th in the NFL or, or 14th in the NFL in uh, total offense after a week. Yes, you wanted the win, but if you are looking for signs that it's going in the right direction, if we're sitting here talking about a couple of red zone opportunities, a couple of missed passes, after 383 yards offense with 275 yards passing for the kid, um, maybe it's not coming soon enough for people, but... That's better than most games last year. I, I, I just feel like it's going in the right direction so much that it's too early to panic, Bucky. Uh, it's way too early to panic. And the reason why it's too early to panic is because he's shown already that he has enough talent to really flourish in the system. And as the system and his game begins to mesh together, you'll see another jump in his production and play. I think when people are looking at the game, the most important part uh, to look at and consider is how the team battled back. They were down. It looked like they were out of it. They were on. They were teetering on the brink of being blown out. And then they kind of rallied and found their way back into the game. And then so much so that they took the lead and had an opportunity to kind of put, I'll say, close the door with a defensive stand. They didn't get to that, but the progress is, if you're Doug Peterson, your first year into the league, hey, let's see if we can get all of these games into the fourth quarter and make it a 15-minute game where if we execute in these 15 minutes, we'll win. And they were able to do that. Didn't go their way, but they got the game into the fourth quarter. So next week is, let's see if we can do it again, maybe finish it off the right way. Let's flip it around to the Jaguars' defense. We'll, we'll take a look at the Colts coming up in just a little bit, but um, the same idea for the Jags' defense. Gave up the two early, touch, or two early scores, yeah, two touchdowns, and then went seven straight possessions – and didn't allow any points, had three takeaways in that time frame and helped that offense uh, a couple of times on some short fields to get in the end zone and, and, and get things going. Good team football there. And then the two touchdowns late. But the fact that they did stand up after giving up those two early touchdowns and got a three and out and then got a fumble and then the end of the half and then two punts to start the second half, that tells you a little something about what this defense can be, right, Bucky? Yeah, it tells a lot about what the defense can be. And I think the thing that is really impressive about the defense is how hard they play, how physical they are, and how well-connected they are at the line of scrimmage. Meaning, didn't see a lot of people running out of gaps and kind of what we call cowboying to play, trying to do their own thing. They did a really good job of being sound and disciplined. Now, got out of sorts early, but that was due to communication issues, trying to figure out who's in the backfield, is it – uh, Samuel, is it Antonio Gibson? Are they playing out wide? Who matches up with those guys? And so the commanders were able to knock the Jags on the heels by formationing them to death. 
But after everything settled down and they had to play what I call real football, nothing really happened. So defensively, it was a solid effort. But you got to continue to work on the deep ball, make sure that guys can see the deep ball, keep the things in front, not allow it to fly over your head. And then tackling is always an issue. Tackling in open field, tackling in tight quarters, continue to tackle. If you tackle all year, you got a chance to be a great tackling team by the end of the season. Yeah, I wonder if we didn't see sort of two sides of the same coin with offense and defense the other day. Meaning, I thought it was clear the offense is still trying to figure out on, on some level where it becomes like you're speaking your native tongue out there. Um, that takes a while with a new offensive scheme. It's also a new defensive scheme. Um, so I do wonder if there's some of that with the hiccups early, the inconsistency. I, I think Doug Peterson tried to prep everybody for that for, for a couple of weeks with Trevor Lawrence leading up to that game. Uh, my, my only concern, and I think this is something that also will get better as the season goes on, this is a, I, I think it's a really good defensive front. Um, late in the game, you had length of the field drives go against that defense where they just didn't get home. In, in the NFL in these days, it's not so much about where you rank. It's about can you get off the field in that situation? Can you pressure the quarterback into mistakes? Can your pass rush get home at those moments? They didn't. Um, Bucky, I'm wondering wondering if – as you listen to me babble on about this, am I on the right track that maybe that will get better as they get more familiar with each other as well? Yeah, big part of it. Big part of it is to be able to close out the game with sacks. And so the pass rush is always being evaluated. Do you want to go with a traditional – uh, pass rush where you got two big guys on the inside, speed rushes on the outside. Do you want to play with a NASCAR package? Like you got four defensive ends kind of filling up, taking advantage of the speed and quickness advantages that they have. What I'm looking for going forward, I need to make sure that the secondary is on the same page with the rush, meaning that when a blitz is called, everyone is playing the right coverage behind it. When you're dropping uh, and seven and eight men underneath it. Everyone is getting back to their landmarks, making the ball be checked down. That the philosophy matches not only what you're talking about doing running, but in the passing game. So there are a lot of little things that we'll see, and a lot of teams will treat the first four games like a preseason game. Well, that's one out the books. Let's see what the Jags continue to build upon as they go into their second week. All right. We'll get to that second week when we come back. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com. A preview of the Indianapolis Colts coming up. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. You know, all week I was, uh, you know, seeing when they would do sprint out, you know, it would be a lot of, you know, close stacks to the tight end. You know, so, so once I seen two and three uh, stem away from me, I, I knew, took my eyes to one and seen you in the out. I just broke on this all the ball. That's Tyson Campbell talking about his interception last week against Washington, and now it's on to week two. The Jaguars entertain the Indianapolis Colts at TIAA Bank Field, the home opener. The Jaguars have beaten the Colts here every year since 2015, the last Colts win here, 2014. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier. And Bucky Brooks on Huddle Up on this Wednesday. And a new Indianapolis Colts quarterback, but uh, the familiar name of Matt Ryan, former MVP. 14 seasons in Atlanta. 
He just surpassed 60,000 career passing yards this past weekend in week one. He's the eighth player all time to get to that mark. He's been at it, Bucky, for a long, long time. Yeah, it's one game, small sample size, but is this the what kind of Matt Ryan is this now in Indy? I mean, look, this guy is still is a bit of a game manager with some playmaking ability. I uh, played really well last year, even though he didn't have a lot around him in Atlanta. He has a better supporting cast around him in Indianapolis because of the running game. Whenever you're able to have a guy like Jonathan Taylor behind you, it now allows you to play play action, passing game, to have some big gains on the perimeter if your guys can win. They don't have big-name receivers, but they have a big-time quarterback who understands how to manipulate coverage with his eyes. He understands how to play with timing, touch, and anticipation, and he has enough arm talent to utilize all areas of the field. And so if the Jaguars are not able to get him out of his rhythm, Matt Ryan is more than capable of carding the Jaguars up. He's more than capable of putting up 300 yards through the air, and he can make this team a really dominant team. The Colts are such a fascinating team in this sense that uh, you get the idea, and I'm generalizing here, that they've got it all figured out for the last three or four years, or a lot of things figured out for the last four, uh, three or four years. And, and they keep trying every offseason to find quarterback because it's so important in this league. And it shows you they are a, a, a laboratory example of how, how important the position is and how tough it is to find it and how almost impossible it is to find it like an automatic fix at it. Right. Because if any franchise has tried to find it, they, you know, since Andrew Luck left, yeah. they've tried to find it with names. They... They also want to win now, and they're drafting too low to go after it in the draft. So it, it feels to me like Matt Ryan is their best solution since they have tried this uh, every-year veteran thing. They went Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz. It feels like he's the best, um, maybe because I'm remembering what he was two or three years ago, but he played pretty well the other day. Uh, I think this is a dangerous matchup for the Jags because I, I think the Colts are the best team in the division. Uh, I don't usually – good teams usually don't start with two losses in their first two games. I think that is a reason the Colts are dangerous beyond their motivation for this week and all that. I think they're the best team in the division, and I, I think they'll play better than they did last Sunday. Yeah, they've got um, – obviously five of their first seven games are in the division. It's unbelievable. So, I mean, it, they tied last week, so at some point they're going to start winning games. They're going to stay in the division race with all those games early in the season. Uh, you mentioned the running game. Jonathan Taylor has gone for a, about 250 on this team a couple of years ago. He did that, so uh, whoever was around is well aware of his ability. That was week 17, the final game of a really rough season for the Jaguars, but either way, went for 253 against this team. He Led the NFL in rushing attempts, yardage, and touchdowns. A year ago, the O-line helps him, but he is a guy that can uh, break open a, a football game, Bucky. Yeah, he absolutely can break it open. He's a bruiser. Uh, pounds it between the tackles. Has always been able to do that since his, his days at Wisconsin. And the Colts give him plenty of opportunities to kind of make it happen. This is a team, like a, a team with an offensive line that really excels in moving people off the ball. And he's a guy who was a natural cutback runner. Uh, may not be the fastest uh, running back in the league, but his short area quickness, his burst, his balance and body control, and most important, his finish is exactly what I want at the position. 
it's uh, I didn't realize. Maybe it, I've watched him a couple of games, watched him on TV. I didn't realize until sort of watching some this week how hard this kid runs. Yeah, it's like Bucky said he he's a bruiser. I guess I've seen him break away enough that I think of him as as a guy who can do that. Um, yeah, once he gets full speed, he can go. Yeah, you do wonder yeah. the way he runs. I mean, they've already talked some in Indy this week about trying to figure out a way to limit his carries. Uh, it, it, you really look at this guy as a guy who better get the most out of his career while he's healthy because he takes a pounding the way he runs. I guess it's my question to Bucky with apologies to JP's guy, Derrick Henry. Is he the guy now in the league? Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of conversation about him being the guy just because he was so productive as a rookie. I mean, you just don't see guys come in there and have this kind of impact. Catching the ball out of the backfield, running between the tackles, showing a combination of finesse and power. He can do it all. And because he can always take it the distance to run 100, you're almost obligated to do it because it gives you an opportunity um, to make it happen. This is a big-time A-plus five-star running back, and the Jaguars have their work cut out for him stopping him in the running game. It's interesting. I was asking guys in the locker room, and it, this is always fascinating me about the Titans when you watch them. But the Colts uh, now fall into this category. Uh, you can't – a lot of times with great runners, you can take them out of the game by getting the lead. Uh, the Colts, much like the Titans do, you can't get Jonathan Taylor out of the game. They're going to keep running until maybe four or five minutes to go because they believe that's their way to get back in it. Uh, those two teams, to me, Bucky, are the only teams that – I guess, have the personnel and the resolve to play that way right now. Yeah, because it takes patience and discipline. You got to be patient enough to, even when the other team goes ahead, I'm going to keep running. And I know that the game is not going to be too far away from us. The Seattle Seahawks are a team that also does that. They want to run the football. They believe running the ball keeps them in the game and do it. With the Colts, though, what's interesting about them is they want to run the ball and they want to play action so they can take shots down the field. Remember, Frank Wright played for Bobby Ross at Maryland. And when he played for Bobby Ross at Maryland, he learned to appreciate the running game and how the running game can set up all the things in the vertical passing game. So even though he had all those years with the K-Gun and all that other stuff, in his heart of hearts, he's an old school that's grinded, let's take shots, let's make it easy for the quarterback. The running game allows you to do it because it sets the table for play action passes and vertical shots. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. We flip it around to the Indianapolis Colts defense. You know, last week, the defensive front for Washington, stout, even without Chase Young in there. We found that out pretty quickly. Those guys uh, have a bunch of first-round picks up there. Um, this group up front isn't uh, much of a slouch either in Indianapolis. And then you go to the second level with a guy like Shaquille Leonard, who I guess I read earlier that he could be back this week. That's possible. He was out last week, the linebacker. Um, and then they've got some guys in the back end that can play too. So it's a defense that takes the ball away a lot, Bucky, and that's a priority number one, certainly for Shaquille Leonard. But this defense as a whole, they get their hands on the football. They do get their hands on the football. And I will shout out their, uh, their former defense coordinator, Matt Eberflus, who really set the foundation for them in terms of attacking the ball, running to the ball, doing all those things. When Gus Bradley comes in there, similar philosophy – different tactic when it came to the scheme that they want to run. But it's the same thing. Stop the run. Take away the deep ball. Eyes and ears and everything are focused and committed to understanding where the ball is. And when the ball is in your area, we're trying to take the ball away. 
Shaquille Leonard does it better than anybody else. He has basically taken Peanut Tillman's punch and made it his own. Yeah. He knocks the ball loose. And so this is a team. And talking to coaches who've gone against this team in scrimmages and those things, there's no one in the league who attacks the ball like the Indianapolis Colts. And practice and joint practices and games, ball security is got to be hammered this week. You got to protect the ball at all costs. You cannot lay it on the ground because, man, it's a feeding frenzy. If they get one turnover, they're liable to go and get four and five because they feed off of those turnovers. I thought that was as significant as anything about the Jags the other day was that uh, until the last play, and I know Trevor's getting hammered for the interception. They did that exceptionally well and created three of their own. Uh, But, yeah, this is the test. If they have that sort of a ratio on Sunday, A, I think they win because you usually don't lose when you have that ratio. And I think it'll show that, okay, that's something that uh, they feel like they are now. And as Bucky said, with the way the Colts play defense, that's a huge test on Sunday. Unique Ngakwe still over there too, uh, Bucky. He's been around the league a minute. Yeah, Yannick Ngakwe is there. He followed Gus Bradley from Las Vegas to Indianapolis. He's playing alongside some very talented players. Uh, you know, we're talking about DeForest Buckner being able to make plays. They roll in a bunch of young dudes that are able to get after it on the second level. But Ngakwe is counting on to give them 10 or more sacks. And then the big fella on the inside, uh, DeForest Buckner can completely take it over. So it'll be a great test. It'll be a great test because the Jaguars – as much as they would love to run it, they're going to have to put it up this week. I think that's the only way they're going to be able to move the ball consistently. This week's Colts-Jaguars game is presented by TIAA Bank. Turn potential into progress. We will uh, do that with some social media questions. When we come back, it's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. I honestly see it as an opportunity, or I saw it as an opportunity of you know who we wanted to be early on in the season um you know quickly we had a decision to make of you know are we going to fight through adversity and come out a different team in the second half or you know are we just kind of gonna hang our heads and you know say oh we're down you know 11 points and you know we'll see maybe hopefully we can get back um you know but the resiliency that everybody showed on both sides of the ball was great like you said defense had a big stop coming out of half and you know we were able to you know capitalize on some things offensively but it shows the type of guys and you know the culture that we're trying to build here so it was really encouraging one of the more encouraging things about the game there's christian kirk jaguars wide receiver his comments on monday after the game welcome back it's huddle up with bucky brooks jp shadrick john osier and yes bucky brooks uh, the jaguars face the colts sunday Yes, John. Hi. Well, you know, and I listened to Christian Kirk. Um, that's another thing. When you're looking at Sunday's game as a building block rather than a disappointment, um, it appears to me as you're building a team, you're trying to find different things you can depend on. How many times in the offseason they sign a big free agent and first two or three weeks of the season, you don't know what he is. Yeah, where is this guy? Well, right. to me, in, in Christian Kirk, um, again, I don't know that he's going to be – He's never going to be the 6'3 guy on the outside you throw the ball up to and let him go win uh, jump balls. But you certainly have added a piece that you know what he's going to be now. You feel like you're going to be able to depend on it, get production. Uh, that's an upgrade at wide receiver. And I think the evidence of the training camp in week one 
I'll let Bucky talk uh, more about Christian. I know he's his guy. Yeah. But, Bucky, it sure looks like you – you now know, and Trevor knows what he's going to be able to count on from this guy. Yeah, and Bucky, they threw it to him twelve times. He caught six of them, but twelve targets—that's a lot. Oh yeah, that's a lot. But you know, you're getting a big paycheck. You got to get fed. They're <laughs> trying to feed him. They're trying to feature him. But in reality, and talking to Coach Peterson about the offense and why so many veteran receivers, it's about building trust with the pass catchers and the thrower. Trevor Lawrence is more likely to trust that the veteran receivers are going to be at the spots they're supposed to be at which then enabled him to be more aggressive letting the ball go because he trusts that they're going to be in their spots. Um, it's, it's a huge thing that uh, Christian Kirk went for 100 yards in his first start. Everyone kind of treated him like the number one receiver, but they still couldn't stop him or slow him down. So now if he's able to have that kind of success, look for someone on the other side to begin to get loose because as you begin to command all the attention on Kirk, you take someone away from the other side, backside could be a big Big play. Big play this week. We think about Zay Jones and Marvin Jones going away from Christian Kirk this week. It's the third best yardage day in his career as a wide receiver in the NFL. Let's get to social media questions. We put out the cat signal earlier today on Twitter. Here's the best we've come up with today. Question number one. At Brad underscore DDS sports. Any reason to believe the Jags defense won't get a lot of pressure on old man Ryan this week? The Colts O-line is hurting at the moment. Hashtag Duval. What do you think, Buck? I wouldn't just chalk it up that the Jags are going to be there. I anticipate them kind of beating them down over four quarters and kind of wearing them out in the second half. But right out the gate, I think they're kind of too good. Uh, We'll see. We'll see if they can do it. But I believe that they're going to have to junk it up a little bit. I know they can cover man-to-man on the outside, but this is a unit that's well-connected, has a lot of reps together. They really got to do a good job of working on their communication and how they want to pass off the stunts and those things at the point of attack. Yeah, it, it's the one area that uh, they got some pressure last week, but in big situations it wasn't enough. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's the key area they have to improve. If, if they get a lead... They need to show they can take advantage of that lead to get home. I've been saying for seven or eight years, the reason the Jaguars' pass rush isn't as good as people, you know, it doesn't have the numbers is because they haven't led. Well, Sunday yeah. they yeah. led and didn't take advantage of their situation. Uh, it, in the NFL in these days, it doesn't matter if you're 28th or 4th. It's how you play in those moments. The ranking is much less important than those moments getting the sack turnover to key, and they didn't do it. Handful of moments yep. uh, determine each game. Uh, another question on social media today. At Crixus underscore UG. Good. Last week, I don't know what that means. At last, uh, last week against the Texans, the Colts running backs ran 34 times for 165 yards. Taylor had 115 after contact and forced around nine missed tackles. He did not have a carry over 17 yards. Will the Jags hold him to less running yardage than the Texans? Can you repeat the question? (laughs) (laughs) You can read it yourself. Thank you. What do you think, Bucky? I mean, that's a kind of complicated question. Uh, I would say that... uh, Less running yardage than the Texans, so that's what? uh, 115 after... What did he have last week total? I'll look that up. All right, man. I don't know. I I, well, I don't think he goes well, they hold him under 165. I think he has a solid game. They hold him under. They hold him under the yardage total. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I I think the Jaguars 
over the course of 17 games, I think they will most of the time be better and more stout than they were last year. Uh, and this is a huge test. They'll be focused on it. I think the key for this week, I know he didn't have a carry over 17 last week. I think the key for the Jaguars this week to hold them under 165 is to keep him from having a breakout. I mean, that's where he really got him. Whatever day he had the big total, I guess it was end of 2020. Yeah. It seemed like he was going forever on every play. He he wasn't, but that's how it felt. Yeah, he had 161 himself in the game on Sunday. Yeah, so I I expect him to be under that, but but the whole key is uh, make him work for it, get a lead, and don't let him have a breakout. I mean, that's the key every week against a great back. There you have it. Social media questions. Thanks for the submissions today on Twitter. John's favorite place. On I the love earth. Twitter. I love Twitter. You're a big Twitter guy. Twitter loves me. Bucky's all over it. I know. Well, we have to get John on TikTok. That's the next Do one. We? Too. We gotta get, yeah, Do we? Yeah, we got to get John on TikTok. Yeah. Careful what you wish for. Get him on TikTok. Let him express himself a little bit. That's what the young people yeah, I, like I tried I, TikTok I like once, and I, I was overwhelmed. I, I I didn't get it. You know, I feel like I'm cool enough for Facebook and Twitter. I don't feel like I'm cool <laughs> enough for TikTok. I don't know if Facebook is cool. <laughs> I don't know if Facebook is cool, but we'll see. Hey, let's come back. Final thoughts ahead of this week two matchup. No more social media ideas for Osher, okay? We're we're done with that. He's, he's had enough for the day. It's uh, Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks and a live look outside at the Miller Electric Center. Open for business in training camp for 2023. The indoor facility being built near the expressway. The football building is huge. There will be two outdoor fields, about 2,100 seats for fans, and uh, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait. The Bucky Brooks Miller yeah, Electric Center. Yeah, that's right. He'll have a corner <laughs> office suite. We can do a show from in there, right, Buck? That'd be nice. That'd be nice to have a little corner office, a little office chair, yeah. some decor, maybe with some jerseys and some footballs in the back like you guys have in the studio. That'd be cool. I'm with that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, your retired jersey will be on the wall back there, too, the whole thing, right? No. Yeah, maybe a little mahogany desk, something in case I decide <laughs> to do a little work, have to write some stuff right there. J.O. has some ideas for me to write. Like I can, I can do it all right there and get to it. Great call. Uh, Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com. Colts, Jaguars. um, I got the Jags in this one. What do you got? I'm waffling. I think you rarely waffle. I think the Jaguars will play well. Again, my concern is I think the Colts are a mature contending team, and those teams are – it's tough. They usually don't. Uh, they usually don't not win two coming out of the box. And as you said, on the, as you said to be on the field today, JP. Um, going on the road a second time against a young team, weird matchup. Yeah, but both home openers for both teams. Yeah, I, I don't hate the big. Jaguars' chances. I just if, if 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 the Colts are what I think they are, which is pretty good, I think it's it's a tough draw for the Jags because of that. It's a tough draw. What are you talking about? Like, one, how many in a row at, at the bank? Right. Like, That's another thing. 
different yeah. times. Usually been, when that breaks, it breaks bad the other way. So I, you know, we, I think the Jaguars have a good times, chance. We've been terrible in being able to win games. Like some things you just are able to do. There's a confidence that, that, that comes over the team when they see the little horseshoe on the helmet. So to me, I'm with JP. There's like three guys nah, this, on this team. Thank you. Yeah, like, come on. Like, what are we talking about? You don't, you don't put a horseshoe on your helmet and come in this stadium. Okay. Yeah. You just don't. Yeah. All right. I, I hope you guys are right. Maybe it's you, just the old man pessimist in me. You, you think John United is going to run out? Like, come <laughs> on. Indianapolis Colts. We're not, right. we're not playing those guys. You know, they're worried. Yeah, come on. We're right. good to go. We're good this week. I like we're good this. Week. Okay. We gave away one. You and me. We gave away you. one like last it. week. I like it. I prefer to think your way, Bucky. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's your show. Pick who you want. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny. It is that's true. Funny. You like pick the Raiders this week, and I believe. It. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. All right. So uh, one o'clock. What's the up. record, by the way? What's the record, Buck? Three and zero now, right? Oh, we are three and zero. Yeah, yeah, we're three and zero. The high school. Yeah, we're three and zero. Yeah, three and zero. We uh, we we still can't get the passing game uncorked, but we're gonna work on it. Like. Forty rushing attempts. Hey, shoot or shoot, just win, baby. Shoot or shoot, you got to keep throwing the ball. Come on, what you got to do? Hey, uh, drags drive time tomorrow. What? What time is that? Nine thirty. Nine thirty. Thank you. Uh, Jaguars happy hour tomorrow at four. Doug Peterson show at five o'clock on the Jaguars radio network. Public tailgate show Sunday at ten o'clock. Countdown to kickoff at noon, and then a one o'clock kickoff time. The game presented by TIAA Bank. This Sunday. Uh, Bucky, have a great week. We'll see you in a few days. That's right. Get ready for it. Bucky Brooks, NFL Network, Jaguars sideline, field analyst, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, our entire crew. For John Osher, I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next time. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network.